0: allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible. Wherever it is to live in the only country in the world where we can still breathe the fresh air of liberty. Hey, today we have back our guest host, Joe O'Neill, retired Navy Senior Chief. We welcome you to episode 30. Today we're talking about kids. We encourage you to share your thoughts about this episode by emailing us at podcast at the org. I'm your host Chris Williams, my brother Patrick Williams is co-host, and we are the Constitution Commandos.
1: generation here that's coming out, man, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know where the fuck this country's going to go from here on out, because the ones that's coming up to replace us, what the hell are they going to do?
0: I can tell you exactly no. where it's going <laughs> to go with this generation coming up behind us. I hope I die before I have to be in a nursing home or have to have somebody take care of me.
2: Well, hey Joe, I can tell you this: the immediate generation <laughs> that, like my kids' age, I don't even—they call them general whatever the fucks. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm talking about. I think about, that
0: generation <clears throat> of X's. No, we're generation. Well, I'm
2: gonna well, say 35 and to about 20. And and Joe, you'll see this if you look. I don't know if you have looked, but <clears throat> pay attention to this demographic. And this is something that the far left has not looked at. You have a bunch of people that are about to graduate high school, and some of them are in their early years of you know after graduation. I won't say of college because the indoctrination continues there. Mm. But there's a lot of young people right now, you know, when they were first, second, third, fourth grade, there was only two genders. There was male and female. Right. You know, and back then. They would have been like, they would have looked at you like you done fell off a fucking wall, cracked your skull if you said you were a boy and wanted to be a girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, <laughs> they have been forced into a very bad situation. A lot of these kids, you'll look at some of these young college female athletes, they're actually standing up to this transgender shit. They've mm-hmm. always known it was bad. You look at these high school people and you've got kids their age that have been getting accosted. In the girls bathroom because they let some transgender in there. You've got little boys being sent home from school because they got the Gadsden patch on yep. their fucking backpack. You got kids that are being attacked. <laughs> they literally are being attacked for their values and their belief. Like if you look at King Point USA, you know, they have high school or a school age, you know, tour also. Yeah. There are so many people that are in school right now. I'm talking about through high school. Dude, they're not playing this shit. A lot of them are very upset. The current nature of our societal, I don't even want to say norms, but they have created a whole new generation of very conservative people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. As a matter of fact, I agree with that based on the numbers that we're getting on the podcast. And believe it or not, you know, I've I've asked you, Joe, the other day, like, why are we getting more female listeners than we are male listeners? And I I think that answers that question right there. Because, uh, you know, I I said this before, you know, after my kids started going, you know, upper elementary and junior high school, I started thinking, and there is no way. I mean, I would not want to grow up as a girl. And have to go to junior high and high school because, I mean, they had it rough. I mean, even back in the 80s, we didn't notice it then. But, I mean, based on the media image of women and what they should look like or how they should act, I mean, the stress had to be phenomenally enormous. But if you look at it now, it is a direct attack on, I hate to say feminism, but, I mean, it's an attack on womanhood. And like you had, you asked that one question one day, I just want to know where all the where are all the feminists (laughs) why are they not saying anything
1: they should be raising hell
0: and where are the
2: real men and -hmm. I have to question the parents of these boys back when I was a kid I stood up for girls Mm -hmm. even if I didn't know the girl I told it an ass whooping at a concert over a girl that I saw get feet around oh yeah I remember that but where are all the boys when they see this shit going on and you're right though it ain't even a demogra the demographic that is the most marginalized now, are young girls, and I'm gonna yep. tell you when Layla she gonna get a little older, I'm going to start teaching her a knife, and I'm talking I'ma,
0: about I'ma, your granddaughter.
2: Yeah, and I'm gonna go into my collection and I'm gonna tell her pick one. Well, not this one, this one, this one, this one <laughs> but pick one. <laughs> hey, I got some badass blades now.
0: Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> some, not
2: all of them are up. Grabs, but oh, I got a number of Kershaws she can pick from, or man, I got I got some nice knives I'll give her, and I'll tell her point blank: somebody fucks with you, I might just maybe need to teach her how to fight. That way she don't get a murder rap. But I might just teach her how to fight. She's already the toughest one out of the three. But well, yeah, I, I don't. I want her to stand up for herself, and Caden needs to be right there, to right go with a, her, beat that ass if somebody messes with his siblings.
0: Exactly. Well, not just his siblings. I mean. You know, I mean, we were trying. I mean, we weren't. I don't think it was something that was laid out in paper and pen about, you know, how boys are supposed to be with girls. And you're supposed to protect, as the Bible says. So if you women out there that want to get offended, just go read the Bible. <laughs> men are designed to protect the weaker sex. Okay. And this is what the Bible says. So. If you get offended about being the weaker sex, then maybe you need to go swim with people like Leah Thomas, okay? The thing is, though, I mean, like I say, it wasn't just – I mean, we weren't probably directly taught this. But in in our case, Patrick, you know, in the family we grew up in, you protect the women, period. You protect the women, and you don't let anything happen to them. And I've said this before. There's some pretty strong women out there, and there's some women out there that can do some pretty billy badass shit, but – those are the type of women you say, look, I don't think you can't handle it. I just don't think yeah. you should have to. Yeah. And thing is, yeah, we've seen women being accosted in public places, at concerts, in front of MC, even, I mean, Mississippi College, for those of you who don't know, and jump in the way of it. Take an ass whipping for the girl. I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? Just don't yeah. let her keep getting beat on because she's supposed to be. Now, the Bible does say weaker sex, but if you like a better word, the fairer sex. And the thing is, we grew up that way. And I think like you were talking about, there's a generation coming up that has actually been forced into this way of thinking. They don't like it, whether it's inherent or taught or whatever. It doesn't matter. They don't like
1: it. You know, when I was going to school, I'm the last of the baby boomers, 64. All right. When I was going to school, the same thing that your grandfather, your great grandfather and your dad Mom, mom taught, talk. they taught the it's same thing playing. in school. The, the teachers, teachers was teaching the same thing. They was all right. on one page. Now that's not the case. You know, the parents maybe teaching something, but when they go to school, they tell them, oh, no, that's wrong.
0: Don't listen to your parents. Yeah, don't
1: listen, yeah. To, don't your listen to your parents. Well, you know what? That's fucked up. Yeah. Oh,
0: well, I think that is really the last uh, I would like to think the last stage i think that's the last stage of destroying the nuclear family which i believe started with women's lib, and you know i've i've been called a chauvinist pig over this before but i mean women's live was really the to me anyway the beginning of tearing up the nuclear family because when women's lib started now women can go to work they're competing for salary and who's at home taking care of the kids nobody nobody right or a nanny yeah. yeah or whatever They're learning values from somebody else when they should be learning it from the parents. And so I think this is the final stage of actually tearing up the nuclear family. I mean, look, they're telling, I mean, Kansas, Kansas City is now a sanctuary state for kids, kids to go have that transgender operation. That means they can send these kids to Kansas City and the parents can't do anything about it.
2: Oh, yeah, that's very good. Oh, yeah.
0: They better be oh, glad yeah. they didn't start this shit when my kids were in yeah. school because, I mean, if any teacher had ever told my kids, you do whatever you want to, you don't have to ask your parents, there'd be a lynching on the football field right now. No, I
1: took my ass straight oh, to that school and whipped their
0: ass. Like I that's said, right,
2: that's me. Yeah, they walk around with a limp for the rest of their <laughs> life. <laughs> I mean, I ain't lying. Let me put weight on that leg of yours, you're going to remember what did it to you. <laughs>
0: That's right. And parents, the, the parents that are now standing up and trying to fight, and this is, I said this in a roundabout sort of way as much as directly, too little, too late's better than nothing at all. A little bit. But just about everything we're seeing right now is going to be too little, too late. And you look at the parents going to school board meetings now, and they're not just telling school board, stop teaching my kids this shit. They're reading it straight from the school curriculum and the school board's telling them, shut up right. right yeah okay so it's good enough for my kids to hear but these adults sitting in this room can't are you serious so now parents uh-huh. are getting kicked out of school board meetings
1: or going or, to jail
0: going to jail because they're now domestic terrorists yeah and all at once what's best for their kids. I mean, it may be too little too late, but parents keep going to these school board meetings. I mean give them hell.
1: Give them hell and don't let up. And you know we got to start at the local level and go up, I, this deep state has infiltrated all the way down through the state. I mean, just.
0: Oh, down to local I mean,
1: it's down, yeah, it's down at the lowest level, you know, where they're trying to change their ideologies on how mm-hmm. you think. They want to program our kids and stuff. And this it took generations to get here and to this country to get this fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, I, and I hope, and they, I hope th- they these kids stand up and change it. It's going to take generations to change it. It's not going to be yeah. no quick. There, is, there is no there quick is fix. No.
0: Well, I think Patrick had a good solution for the quick fix. Well,
1: I well, got one too. <laughs> uh,
0: well, well, you know, he started talking about deporting people, and and I, and look, I have to agree. That's one of the first things that's got to happen in this country. We have got to have a mass exodus of people getting out of this country that aren't supposed to be here. Because quite first, frankly,
2: securing the wall. Then start the deportation.
0: No. Then start the deportation. But then even in the generations of people who are anti-American, who are born American, they can find another citizenship, yeah. get rid of them.
1: Yeah, all these damn, like Whoopi Goldberg, she said, if Trump gets elected, I'm going to leave the country. Hell, why wait?
0: Well, shit, why let wait? me help her pack her bag. Why,
1: why wait? Fucking leave now, bitch. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. I mean, they all- yeah.
0: every last one of them. Every last one of them. Yeah. And quite frankly, you know, and look, we would always talk about the health hazards of this Illegal immigration. We talk about the, you know, we're not, you know, our soup kitchens can't even support it. We can't support them helpwise. wise We can't, we're not equipped, not because we can't be equipped, but at this very moment, we are not equipped. And so what, what essentially is happening now is all these, what, 190 other countries represented here as illegal aliens, they're bringing all their principles, their values with them, destroying the identity of the American people. I mean, in what world is that even acceptable?
1: Well, all you got to do is look back at history. That's exactly what happened to the Roman Empire. <clears throat> exactly. You know, yeah. And they tried to assimilate them, but they allowed them to uh, worship their gods, have their own local laws and stuff like that. And, and, and finally, they come apart. And if we don't stand up, I ain't got no problems with, with people coming over here legally and doing it right. Right. You know, and then, and then realize, realize that you I'm are an now you're now an American. You're America. I don't give a fuck if you come from Mexico or uh, uh, India. Sri Lanka. Anywhere. Russia. You no. Know, Who cares? Now you're, now you're here. Now you gotta learn American, values, gotta learn American values. values and teach that to teach your that kids. kids. Learn how to learn speak how English, how English, even if you got a goddamn accent, you know, and, and your store smells like you pissed all over yourself when you go in. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, hey. <laughs> Well, I mean yeah, and, and that's I don't right care
2: if you celebrate your heritage you want to open up a taco stand or a Mexican restaurant to preserve your yeah that's, culture? Right. that's no problem that's, that's your heritage
0: yeah yeah that's what well, no I problem, mean you but you're at, an American right. right well you look at people you you got New York and and California the two states that I know the most have their own Chinatown right and and they do have their heritage right there and and that's fine yeah. I think yeah. it's great that yeah. they can do that but even they know they're still Americans. And the thing is, you know, the the biggest difference between illegal immigration and legal immigration, legal immigrants come here for a reason. Probably because they just won't be here. But <laughs> but they do go through the process of becoming an American. And part of that process is learning the Constitution of the United States.
1: And passing a and, test.
0: And they oh yeah, and they, and they don't just and look, this is a pass or fail type of test. This isn't a make a 70 and you'll make it type of test. You got to cut a, sc- a very high score on this thing to pass the test. And it's not a, it's not an easy test.
1: Yeah. They're not grading on the curve.
0: No. When you have someone come here that does go through the process, like a couple of people that I know personally, well, actually more than a couple, but you know, these people came over here because they love the American values. You know, they love the, the, the idea that they can have something for themselves and they can take care of their families and they don't have to worry about, you know, drug lords coming and kidnapping their sons and putting guns in their hands. None of that.
1: And they're proud to be Americans,
0: American, you, you know, proud, you know, and you know, that, that one, there is one, and, and I don't mind mentioning his name. I hope he doesn't mind. I hope he's listening too, because i like to talk to him again, but uh, the man's name is Carlos. And the first time I met him, it kind of gave me a little bit of a, that weird feeling like what is this guy staring at right and after a few minutes of talking he sat in my living room probably an hour before he ever said anything to me and he said and i was like oh my hat i, I forgot i was wearing my hand like yeah yeah i am. And he said he jumped up walks across the living room grabbed my hand he said thank you so much and i said for what what i do and he said you're a veteran and i said i don't get it he said i'm a veteran too and I said, well, yeah. thank you for your service. Right. And he right. said, I'm a veteran of another country's army. He said, back during the Contra deal, y'all were sending us, you know, the special forces, the CIA with weapons and teaching us how to train the Contras. All right. All right. He said, and that's what I was, uh, he said, basically I was a liaison. They were training me how to train my guys. He said, and once I got them trained up, he said, I was so impressed. And, and you know, he, he pretty much always loved what the country has over here. He said, I was so impressed with the guys that y'all sent, the weapons you sent, and how y'all, you know, were very diligent about making sure we could stand and fight. He said, I applied for citizenship in America. And and this guy, his a lot of his family members were actually recruited by El Chapo. Yeah. And I don't, you know, if you know anything about El Chapo or anything about Mexican mafia or any of that. They don't recruit they give you an option you'll either do this or you'll die and that's the way it works and he's had several family members that were quote recruited by el chapo but when you see a grown man with tears in his eyes because he appreciates and loves the fact that he could live in this country that makes me feel kind of bad because there's so many americans that just don't even get it you know yeah
1: they're not even letting recruiters go to public schools Mm-mm. And recruit, I was reading uh, the, the, the new command master chief petty officer of the Navy, and he said that they, these schools will let anybody come in. If you want to talk about cutting your dick off and becoming a girl or, or having a dick sewed on, that's fine. But if a military recruiter goes and approaches the school to, hey, you know, it's, we had recruiting day. You know, where they come in, you had the Navy, Army, Air Force, Marines, everybody. You know, they come, they come in, they, come in, they sit down, they, they said, maybe, maybe you're not ready to go to college. Yeah, yeah, but we can get you ready. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. what happened to me. I, I mean, yeah. I got my, yeah. college my college degree in the military. military. Not damn sure. Not wasn't ready to go to college military. when I joined the Navy, right. you, know? you know, and it was allowed. It was, allowed. It was, actually, encouraged. It was actually encouraged, but now they can't, yeah, they can't do it. So here's what, well, here's I, say. what I say. All that public, All that money, public money, money you're getting, but it's, it's over with.
0: Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You know? you know, even when I was in the Navy, I mean, I, I came home a couple of times, called up my recruiter and he was like, Hey, I'm headed out to Utica high school. You want to go with me? Heck yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And quite frankly, that was it was enjoyment for me. But it's good to see a bunch of young people interested in what you got to offer, you know. And granted, I mean, you know, whatever branch of service you went into, you right. knew they they had all different types of jobs you could do. And Like in the Navy, they say you don't you don't want to pick a job, strike. Yeah, and you can pick a job when you get in there. You'll get put in a job, right? But to not be able to tell these kids anything about what you can do for your country. That's purely asinine. Yeah. And if you, you know, remember the speech, the most famous of, of John Kennedy's speech, uh, his, his inaugural speech, in the end of it, he said, ask not what your country can do for you, all you lazy asses, collecting money from the government, but ask what you can do for your country. And right after that, he said, ask not what America can do for you, but what we can do together for all of humanity. What, what are we doing for humanity? We don't
1: want to do nothing for America. You know, I did two years of recruiting duty in the Charleston, South Carolina area in 94, 95, 96. Of course, everything was going on in Iraq and, you know, Afghanistan. Afghanistan but I was allowed to go to the school and stand up, you know, and... They welcome me, them. but it's not like that now, not like you that know, and, and it was no problem. you go in there and tell them, I didn't bullshit the kids. I said, here's the good things about the Navy. I said, let me tell you what the bad things are. You're going to work like you never had to, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to experience, but you'll, you'll learn how to work together as a team. They build you up. And I would, I, I didn't bullshit them, you know, I just tell them the straight right. facts. And I never had no problem meeting my quota. None. A matter of fact, I Went over.
0: Well, even back when Patrick and I did this, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think Patrick ever had a recruiter just bullshit him about what he could do when he went in, he already knew, but you know, like he said, he had a, he had a kid on the way. He was in college. He needed to find a new set, but, uh, but, you know, he went in, he went in the army against all odds, against all odds. He should have never been able to get in, but he was, he wanted to go and damn it, he went. And so nowadays, if you look at recruiting just ain't there anymore you know when i found out he was going in his odds were so against him i told my dad i said if he gets in let me know when another one of those navy recruiting cards come in because by then i'd already told the senior chief up at the federal building with my draft card shredded and on his desk fuck you and the navy don't you ever call me again well when i found out he was going in and i told Dad, let me know when another one of those draft cards come in i found out another draft card i mean another recruiting card came in I went back to my job. Now, mind you, we didn't have phones back then. I was wearing a pager, but when my dad mm. paged me, I'm thinking, "Oh shit, something's wrong." So, I drive five miles up the street to a payphone. What's up? Well, you got another one of those recruiting cards. What do you want me to do with it? File thirteen. I hung up on him. Went back to the job. Told the crew, "I'm taking off for the rest of the day. Y'all know what to do." I'll see you in the morning. And I went straight to the recruiter's office. I didn't have a problem with my recruiter either because I didn't meet him till I was already on the floor. I was gone. I mean, <laughs> and the thing is you got two cases right here where you didn't need to tell me anything about what to do to get in. You just need to do your job, get the paperwork filled out and send me down there. And that was pretty much how it worked. And even back then, I mean, when recruiters had a certain quota they had to meet, there were people who wanted to go in the service for whatever reason. And now it's like, I don't know if the people who want to go in now are just wanting to do it for the fascination of wearing a uniform or be able to, You know, be around fighter jets or whatever. I don't know why they want to go in, but I do know recruiting's down because of what is happening to America right now, and they're sick of it. Even the young people, sick of it.
1: I think they ought to reinstate the draft. It ought to be mandatory, you know. And I and I say this kind of hesitatingly, two years because they're going to teach you a skill set. You're going to learn how to work together. You're going to learn. You're going to
0: learn going things. To take that, care of each you're other. going to
1: learn things that's going to benefit you. It do not matter if you get out after those two years. What you learn in the military, no matter what branch of service it is, you're going to learn how to be a man or a woman. The women won't be in.
2: Yeah, I, but I, got to put a man. I think it needs to be more than two. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, well, it's not just that. Like me, you know, my two months of basic, then I turned around and went four and a half months to AIT. And then I went another month to jump school. So technically, I wasn't even in my dang unit for just over three years. You know, if you go in for two years, then you really only gonna have one year of possible actual at your duty station, Mm -hmm. and you'll be less likely to be called up to go overseas. Now, I know in the Marines, you'll be more likely to go somewhere. And I think the experience in the military, now mind you, this is just my opinion, but I think that an experience in the military is one thing, but if you get to put your feet on foreign soil, yeah, you're going to respect your country more. Like you were saying a while That's ago, that, Joe. That, yeah. Yeah. And I think two years would be cool, but I just, pending on the job that somebody takes, like, our communications repair guys, man, they they spent like I think it was like eight months in AIT. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ours was nine. Yeah, you know, I mean So they'd
2: only have yeah. one year in active service and that would be kind of like Yeah, you're just start, ready. you're just starting,
1: you're to, starting, to, learn starting your to learn your skill, learn skill, set, your skill set. set. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: you know Well, not just your skill set. I know I mean when I was in you know, just from boot camp to the end of A school, I mean there were guys that were boot camp with me obviously and in A school you started building relationships with these guys, but it's when you get to your duty station, you're actually doing the work now. I mean, you're not just learning. Right. To do it. When you get to your duty station now, it's more than just making friendships. You realize the importance of what everything you've learned up to this point, how really critical it is to do the basic stuff that you were taught up to that point. Right. And, <clears throat> you know, and I, for example, when, when I was in New Orleans, I worked, under AMD, as it turns out, I was actually under two different commands, the squadron and AMD. I worked in a what they call MMF mobile maintenance facility. Mm-hmm. And all that is, you got a bunch of train boxes that are put together to make one unit, one building with a hallway, right? And the deal with MMF was anytime we had to go to war, especially with us, I mean, we were Atlantic and Westpac. So, you know, we could go either direction. But if we had to go, there would be that announcement. Lock down your shop. Everything has to be secured, nothing moving around. Everything has to be in order. And and before you get there, you know, there's going to be a guy over there with a big-ass forklift ready to pick your section up to put it on the back of an airplane. Now, you got 30 minutes to get set up. Now, there were different shops. You had your urge shop, radar shop, your uh, communication shop, and then, of course, your two admin shops, and then your solder and macro solder shop were together. All that's got to go. Right. And we all work for different shops. But if one of us didn't get our job done, somebody's come. it was gonna hinder them. You gotta go, you gotta go. You know, you got no time to play around and go smoke a cigarette, go change into your sweats or nothing. You gotta get the job done and you better be ready to be on that bird, ready to go. And they didn't teach us that in A school. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's like-
1: <laughs> well you know, you could you, you could do it, you know, for a you know, a six year commitment, you know, four yeah. years yeah. active duty, two year maybe a year. Yeah active reserve and then one year inactive reserve, right. you know, and because I've looked at the numbers and reserves and stuff that there, there hardly is none. No, we're just about to, you know, the, the, the people's not there that they're not recruiting. And, you know, I know a bunch of people say, oh, they're just going to get, you know, the people that's poor. No, you know, let everybody come in. Yeah. Let them come in. Because like you said, Patrick, when you step on that foreign soil and realize what the hell you're doing there and you see what's going on, it's going to change your whole mindset forever. You know? Yeah. Well,
2: and even if it's not a combat zone if it you get stationed somewhere right. else yeah you're going to see a totally different because right. when in Rome you live by the Romans you know you yeah. do as the Romans do you That's go over right. there and you see what is and isn't permitted and it's a culture shock people are like oh I can do this at home you can't do it here
0: well, that concludes our show for today and we thank you for being here with us if you like today's show rate it and review us on podchaser.com it only takes a moment And it will help us tremendously. Subscribe to get our weekly emails and your personal copy of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States of America. Until next time, and on behalf of my brother and myself,
2: we're the Constitution Commandos. Sign out.